Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Unplayable Podcast listeners. It's Louis Cameron coming into your eardrums. Very soon, there will be Matthew Wade coming into those exact same eardrums. In this episode, we will be talking about his run-in with Mark Wood during the recent Dettol T20 series against England, how he grew into the finisher role he now enjoys with the T20 team, how his best performances have always come with his back against the wall, and he makes his player of the tournament picks for the upcoming T20 World Cup, and gives his prediction on who Australia might play in the World Cup final. Enjoy. I'm here with Matthew Wade on the Unplayable Podcast, who's fully decked up in Australia's really good-looking Indigenous-themed World Cup kit. Uh, we're about six days out from the first game of the World Cup against New Zealand. Before then, they've got a game against India uh, here at the Gabba, which is where I'm speaking to Matthew Wade. Matthew, thanks for um, thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, Louis. Good to be here. Six days out from a World Cup. Um, what are your feelings? Excited? Nervous? Uh, yeah, I probably haven't really look to um, how many days it is but yeah I'm pretty keen just to get out there to be honest um, the worst parts the you know the last four or five days before a big tournament you just kind of want to mm. put your gear on and, and run out and um, start playing but um, yeah it's felt different to last time obviously we're coming off a lot of us were coming off no cricket a few guys have played IPL but um, it's been a bit of a grind the last four weeks to be honest uh, mm. India back and then a Perth, um, uh, Brisbane to Perth trip, mm. which was um, hard work. So it's been uh, it's been um, a different build up, but um, feel much more ready to go this time than probably I did last time. Anyway, ready to go from a kind of skills point of view, you mean? But is, is there a mental hurdle, I guess, that you have to overcome that you have to gear yourself up for for another big one? Yeah, a little bit. I think I'm. I, I won't won't play tomorrow, which is yep. nice. I'll have a a game off and um, probably using the next, you know, two, three days to really just try and switch off as much as you can and not think too much about um, cricket or um, what we've got coming up. Um, you know, it's always in the back of your mind anyway, but trying to make a conscious effort to, yeah, try and step back a little bit in the next few days, give yourself 48 hours to kind of relax mm. and um, chill out and then start to ramp it back up. When we get on the flight um, on Tuesday to Sydney, I suppose, is when it'll you know, you really start to channel your mind into to what we've mm. got. We know that the team played a lot of golf during last year's <laughs> tournament because you couldn't really do much else, right? Because you're you're in a bubble. Is that kind of how you unwind? Is it more family time for you? What um you know what what do those days off look like for you? Yeah, there's been a lot of golf again. Yeah. Um, early doors in the tournament, so um, it's been you know. COVID, that's the one good thing that came out of COVID is mm. that a lot of guys started taking up golf, myself included, and yeah, Dubai was its just a good bonding time to be mm. able to go out with your teammate and get away from cricket and, um, you know, just talk, really. We just, uh, we're competitive, obviously, and mm. but we just um, 
give each other a heap of grief and um, we've got a few WhatsApp groups and, um, you know, take it. It's all good fun, but um, mm. enjoy it really away from the ground, which doesn't happen very often. I know you probably think you spend a lot of time together away from the cricket ground, but when you're in mm. the, um, you know, when you're away together and in the grind, it's kind of hotel on the bus, go to training, come back, have some food and do it all again the next day. So mm. golf's been, you know, it's been a great introduction to our team environment. And um, yeah, we'll keep doing that. I'll I might get one more round in. My family's coming to Sydney, so um, I'll have to put some family time in uh, for four or five days. But, yeah, I think a few of the boys have got golf penciled in. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, before we uh, before we touch on the World Cup, and I want to touch on some of those things you're talking about last year's World Cup because yep. I think it's really interesting, the, the difference between this one and last year's one. Um, you, you've just lost a, a series 2-0 to England on, on the face of it. Um, you know, it doesn't make for, for great reading, but but there does seem to be a spirit within the team. There does seem to be a belief within the team that, um, you know, you're in a pretty good place. You've got a pretty settled 11. Is that all fair to say, Matthew? Yeah, we're certainly, I would say, we're more settled mm. going into this one than we were last World Cup, obviously. There wasn't a, there's a few unknown positions and where guys were going to bat and how it was all going to look. But um, this one, yeah, we're certainly a lot more settled. Obviously, Timmy's come in to the setup. Um, mm. So he's been, you know, really excited and we've been really excited to see what Timmy can do at international level and for him to come in the last three weeks and show that, you know, he's more than ready to go and he's going to make an impact on this World Cup. It's been really cool to see. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we've definitely tried to create more, you know, an environment within an environment, I suppose, you could say. Um, we've got more external pressure. Playing at home, there's going to be a lot more outside noise this World Cup than mm. what we had last time. People probably didn't really have us on the radar at all leading into last World Cup. So we know that that's out there. But, yeah, we're just trying to create a really relaxed, fun environment that people like, you know, the Tim Davids of the world can come in, feel like they can be themselves and walk out and express themselves in the middle because if we don't do that here and, you know, we tighten up at all in T20, it's going to be lights out, the tournament will be over before we know it. So mm. we're really keen and, you know, really conscious in making sure we're having, you know, the golf and make sure, you know, we're catching up for a beer, whatever it may be, to try and make the... The atmosphere nice and relaxed and then when we get into tournament just being able to you know go out and show the world what you know what we have in the dressing room which was something that we were really excited about last world cup it felt in the rooms mm. for sure it was like you know we're excited to show your stoyness we're excited to you know mitch marsh was coming off big runs you know we wanted to see what he could do so we're trying we're you know we've got that environment in our dressing mm. room again you know there's people you know People, you know, are quick to jump on guys like Maxi or Finchie, but hmm. internally it's more, you know, we know that they're going to come out and do something special at some stage and we're just, you know, we're pretty hopeful it's going to be in this tournament. Hold that thought because I want to ask you a little bit more about that. But before that, I want to ask you about, um, I think you know what's coming. I mean, when when I played with you, Matthew, you always told me that you're a good AFL player. <laughs> um, but have you put on a better shepherd than the one you put on for Mark Wood during the uh, the England series? No, I probably haven't. I was I was a good <laughs> AFL player. Thanks for bringing that up, Louis. But um, no, that was... Uh, that looked horrible when I saw it after the game. But yeah, I haven't really spoken about it publicly too much. It was like, It was one of those things that just... It happened so fast that I think um, Kane said to me when it came Richardson when I got off the ground was like, "Have you looked at you? You like pushed him basically?" I was like, "No, nah, no, I didn't." And then I saw the replay. I was like, "Well, yeah, I did." So it was kind of <laughs> like, yeah, 150 k's, decent crowd. Kind of at first didn't know if I hit it. He obviously hit me in the head hard. Yeah, rang me bell a little bit. Went to run down the wicket. Davey sent me back. Like kind of turned and saw a point running in, and then. I wasn't sure if I was going to get run out or where the actual ball was. So it, was all, it all just happened literally like that. And then next minute I was on the ground, looked up, and the ball was like coming down. So, um, yeah, it didn't look great. 
I would uh, I'd take it like obviously if I had a conscious thought huh. of doing it, then I would um, I'd be regrettable for doing it. But at at the time, there's just so much happening and getting hit in the head with a bloke by 150 k's that is kind of like things going fast forward. So that kind of that's how I saw it out on the ground. Yeah. I had really no recollection of what happened at the moment. It was. Um, but now looking back on it, I can see like all these things happen. It was chaos out there. It was madness. But yeah, um, yeah I probably haven't put a better shepherd on. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, on that. So yeah, you said that when you, you saw the the replays that it, it looked worse than what you you realised. Were you kind of surprised in the moment that they didn't appeal, or in hindsight, you know, w- would you have appealed, Matt? Yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose that's how fast it happens yeah. out there. Um, yeah, when seeing the replay, obviously. He kind of comes in and like braces for contact as well, and I'm I'm bracing for contact as well. So it's kind of like, a, yeah, it's a tangle up, which happens a lot with runouts. Mm. Which I suppose looking back, maybe that's where my mind was that I was going to get run out because because he's coming down the wicket at me. But I, I suppose that's just from international cricket. Things just happen really really fast, and mm. um, I suppose maybe the same that the thoughts were going through. I really had no idea it was going. If they had have appealed and I saw it on the replay and they gave me out. So be it. I would have walked off the ground as much as uh, about it. Question: Not looking like he's focusing totally on just getting back there, does it? I can't well, I say I know what Matt Wade was thinking, but when that arm went out there, I think originally he, he wasn't—he was a bit disorientated, wasn't sure where the ball was. <laughs> he's playing a bit of uh, AFL. So you, you've touched on there, Matty, about um, you know about the last World Cup and you know what a different environment it was you know COVID bubbles and, and that kind of thing do, do you think that actually kind of helps you know just reflecting on last year's tournament do you think that kind of that bubble um, almost creating a siege mentality did that help the group at all in, in terms of what you were trying to, trying to achieve yeah I think it did I think certainly at that time it did the the tours before it was certainly hard work and then coming back and quarantining and all the stuff that went with COVID but I certainly think looking back on last tournament yeah it certainly helped to bring the group closer together as I said there was a lot of moving parts leading into last tournament we hadn't played together as a group for probably 12 months all you know our best team so um, to have us all there in the one environment I just said golf was a big part of that to be able to go out and um, bond over you know four or five hours on the golf course was important as well and I think we just made a real conscious effort going into last world cup and we met before it that we wanted to create an environment that we were all going to be you know comfortable in and be able to be ourselves in um and i think as soon as we kind of aired that out and made sure that everyone was comfortable being themselves and that we're you know every, everyone was going to back each other in um kind of like loosen the environment up a little bit and guys you know uh, it showed on the pitch i think guys could just walk out and just play cricket they didn't have too much external noise coming in and um yeah we're just really comfortable do you need that almost in, in T20 cricket where, you know, the, the fear of failure needs to go out the window a little bit because, you know, you know, batting in the middle order for you, for example, you're probably going to fail more times than, than not, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important to take take yourself out of the picture, take your individual performance out. If I think if anyone walks in in T20, um, especially at the international level, and worried about their own individual performance or uh, you're trying to get to 10 before you take a risk or you know like little things that do slip into players minds at times I think you're in real trouble we need to be a team that's willing to go out and put maximum impact um, as a as a group um, every time that we can and I think we made a conscious effort of making sure we rewarded guys that did that and guys that would walk out and put the foot down straight away for the team and take themselves out of it is something that we value highly in this group and something that certainly helped us work towards being the team that we 
wanted to be. We're still not obviously a, fi- a finished product of what we want to get to. Our, our game style, as I've spoken about after England, has changed quite a lot and we're still working on that. We're still trying to find ways to get you know, 180, 190, 200 um, on the board and try and um, really push with the bat um, without being reckless at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been huge. The COVID was huge to create that environment, I think, yeah. Yeah, and and you, you, one of the other things you mentioned before was um, that uh, maybe not uncertainty leading into the last World Cup, but maybe, you know, the team just hadn't nailed down certain roles and who was going to bat where and whether you were going to play four bowlers over five and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. For you personally, Matt, like when was the moment someone said to you that, you know, you're you're going to bat seven? Because, you know, you'd been, you'd been up, up and down a bit, yeah. hadn't you? Yeah, I think it came about probably off the back of Mitch Marsh playing as well as he did leading in. Um, he went up to three, uh, West Indies, Bangladesh, and showed everybody, I think, of you know the power that he's got and the advantage he can take with two only two fielders out of the circle. So it probably came off the back of that. And I think now looking back, it's something that's going to happen more and more. I think you know more experienced players are probably the people that should go and take those positions. You know the sixes and sevens or the fives. They're the harder spots probably in T20 to bat. You see Finchie doing a little bit now when Greeny comes in the team, trying to give younger players better opportunity to take advantage early in their career at that, you know, when there's only two fielders out. So um, it probably came about off the back of that. Um, And then, you know, with the way I can hit the ball over the keeper's head and is something that you need towards the back end. So obviously that comes into the thinking of me going down there and, yeah, trying to have a little bit more impact, you know, all over the ground rather than just We've got brute strength. We've got Tim David now, and we've got Marcus Stoinis, and we've got Mitchell Marsh, and all these guys that have just got brute strength. Um, probably for me to go down there and add something a little bit different was come came into the thinking as well. But um, yeah, I think it was probably a lead in from the West Indies. It was someone's got to go down, and Wadey's probably the best fit at this stage. Did did you take some convincing? Because you know that's um, you know, I imagine batting at the top is kind of where where everyone wants to bat, right? Like, did you need to be convinced that you know a you could do it, and, and b that it was the best thing for the team? No, not really. I've something over my career that I've probably, you know, prided myself on that I could go and, you know, I can bat one to seven pretty much. And I'd done it for a long period of time in one day international cricket. I probably played, I don't know, 90 games batting at seven anyway. So I kind of knew the landscape of five out and how you had to go about it a little bit. Had done it early in my career in T20 as well. So it wasn't foreign to me. Um, I knew that I could do it, but it was just getting a little bit I would have liked obviously a few more games leading into the World Cup to actually do it and get the experience now I feel more than comfortable you know halfway through last year probably I started feeling really comfortable about how to navigate my way through the end and um, yeah I have that experience in the bank now but I would have liked that probably leading into last World Cup that didn't come but um, yeah it wasn't it certainly wasn't foreign to me I'd done it for a long time um, in other formats when did it kind of come to you? When did you feel comfortable? You mentioned halfway through last year. Was there a certain point that that, that occurred? Yeah, probably the Sri Lankan series back home. We had a five-game Sri Lankan series and I batted a few times. I went out in the first game, got caught on the boundary and kind of like it was a bit of a like light bulb moment that, you know, that kind of, that happens down there and being able to get over it quickly and then just start to put the same swing on the ball for the next game and the next game and um, managed to get a few away in the uh, the Sydney game and then the Melbourne game I got a few and then after that Melbourne game I kind of yeah felt like I could navigate my way through the last you know little bit whether that be against spin whether that be quick slow balls whatever it is whatever they're going to come at me I felt like I had a decent game plan and um, could find my, the right way of it um, more times than not. 
And then from a, a team point of view, Matt, like you, um, you're kind of talking there about, um, you know, a different World Cup kind of last year. You know there's going to be more media scrutiny this year. There's going to be, you know, bigger crowds at games. You're the, you're the home team and everyone wants a, wants a part of you. Um, I heard Marcus Stoinis in a press conference the other day. It is, it is nice um, to probably have a bit more positive media around our team leading into this World Cup. But um, I do warn you, don't get too nice and... Um, and Wadey did play well last night, but don't get around him too much as well because he likes it when his uh, back's up against the wall. So um, keep I think, working. I think he was half joking. He said something like, um, you know, I think he got asked something similar about, you know, that, that scrutiny. And he said, oh, we'll keep, keep putting the blowtorch on Matthew Wade <laughs> because he, he thrives on it. Is, yeah. that, um, is, is that true? Is all of that something you've considered? Yeah, kind of. I've, I've, for some reason, had my whole career off. When my back's been up against the wall, whether that be with five for nine or whatever it be, I could kind of, I can draw, I don't know, my best performances out at that time. Or you're one game away from potentially not playing ever again, or you, you know, you're a chance to get dropped off. For some reason, when I'm in that scenario, it just clears my mind more than other moments. Well. Yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, when you're going well, you can put expectation on yourself. You can put added pressure. Or people think I should do this or I should do that. Well, you know, I've got to get it together at some stage or I'm going to get dropped. Where it, when, it, when it's right there in front of you, it's kind of, it just narrows the focus. It's like, well, this is it or it's over kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he would be right by saying that. I definitely have my best performances when my back's up against the wall or I've got people doubting me. Um, so over the last 12 months, that's been something that I've had to deal with, people actually saying one or two nice words about me, which hasn't happened all that <laughs> much in my career, Lou. So, but, yeah, I... Um, yeah, I'm working my way through that, to be honest, trying to find a way to, to still put those performances in when things, I don't want to be close to dropped every time I play, which yeah. I feel like I haven't been for the last bit and I can still find my performance somewhere in the middle there. But yeah, it's, yeah, I think I'm at my best when I'm, when it's that simple, it's that blatant, it's that um, blatant in front of me that, um, you know, do it now or it's all over. So yeah. if I can, well, it's the same thing here, I like I'm, I'm no, you know, closer to the end than I was 12 months ago. But for some reason, last last tournament, I thought I'd, I'd never play another ICC event, and now I'm here again and I'm playing. So I'm kind of like, well, if this is it, this is it. If it's not, it's not. So um, there's been a lot of, you know, I've I've spoken that it could be my last tournament. It may be, it may not be. I don't know. I, I kind of just go in. Every game I get is a bonus. Yeah, right. That's uh, that's interesting because I, I was kind of presuming that this was going to be it, but there's a you know there's a chance you could keep going on if you if you're feeling good. Yeah, I just don't I just don't know to be honest. Like I've, I've geared up towards this being yeah maybe the last opportunity I'll get to play. If if it is that, then I'm more than comfortable. I'll walk away and and be really happy with what I've achieved in the game and. If it's not, if my performances are still good and I still feel, well, if the team still thinks that I can contribute over a little bit longer, then I'll do that as well. It's a conversation that I'll have with Bales and Andrew McDonald, and we'll just we'll just roll on from there. To be honest, I, I don't really want to put a timeline on it. It's you know, as I said, every every kind of day feels like the last twelve months could be it. If it is, great. If it's not, let's see what happens. But if they feel like there's a role for me to play, I'll I'll, I'll play it. I don't want to, you know, if if. In goes the next man in. They want to get him game time. They want to play him. Then I'm more than happy to walk away as well. I don't want to really be holding people up and just you know just ticking it over. If I'm going to play, it it'd be you know because I can contribute and do something mm. that the team needs. 
So on that inner motivation thing that you were talking about a little bit before about, you know, always having your back against the wall and being written off, like I, I think I remember Adam Zampa saying something like, and I, I never know when he's joking with these kinds <laughs> of things, but I think he was serious. He was like he could remember like the year five teacher who told him he'd never, you know, he'd never play for New South Wales's yeah. under-13 team or something. And yeah. he was like, you know, he wrote it down and he like, and then he made the under-13 team and it was like an I told you so thing. Yeah. Are you similar to him? Like I know, you know, you're quite close with quite a lot of these guys, right? Yeah. Like are you similar to him in, in the way you find motivation within yourself? Yeah, not I'm not uh, to that like degree. I'm not ironic. But that doesn't surprise me. Zamps wrote down a lot of quotes after the – at the start of the last World Cup and had him in the back pocket for when we could try when, when we won, really, and started drawing back on him as well. So it doesn't surprise me that Zance has done that. That's, I'm probably not driven by what people say as much as I am probably find just clear clarity when it gets to a stage where it's now or never type of thing. I think that probably drives my performance rather than the accumulation of words. Although it takes a lot to, especially when you're young in the game, it takes a lot to work your way through, you know, everyone, you're always a much better player until you play for Australia and then the people that were saying that you should have been playing all of a sudden say you shouldn't be playing. So there's always, you know, that that, that cycle will never change for forever. People are going to go through that and, you know, I went through that myself. But, yeah, I'm not driven by what people say. I'm more driven by, well, I think I'll have way more clarity when, I'm, when I know there's no other way than right there mm. at that time. <laughs> And some of these guys we're talking about, or sorry, that I'm asking you about, you know, in terms of Zampa and, and Stoinis, um, might put Ashton Agar in that, in that um, group. Yep. They're kind of different characters to what I reckon Australian cricketers used to be, Matt. And, like, yep. as someone who probably started their career, you know, with the older guys being, you know, those, um, you know, just, I mean, you can probably describe it better than I can, but they were, they were different characters, right? Like, they, they weren't as... Um, maybe open or as vulnerable in, in certain situations. Yep. How um, – I guess my question is how have you kind of seen that progression in terms of how, how people are prepared to behave? You talked about your, the World Cup last year being a big one in terms of expressing your personality. Yeah. Is that a real change that you've seen throughout your career? Yeah, definitely, especially coming into the Australian team. Um, I think young players now, they know themselves and they know their games way better than what we did 10 or 15 years ago. Um, there's different avenues to get to international level. Tim David's a perfect example of that. To so just be able to go and back yourself to play league leagues around the world to get an opportunity to play for Australia, who would have done that 10 years ago? No one would have done it because mm. you've got to have inner self-belief and you've got to be able to go into those environments and be yourself because otherwise you'll get found out really quickly. But, yeah, I, there's certainly around the game and around our environment that, yeah, to be able to come in and let people like that express themselves in, you know, whether that be outside of the game or in the game. I think um, not only in cricket, I think all over the world and, you know, AFL are very, very good at it now, letting younger players come in and be themselves. It's not a – you're not pushed one way or the other when you get into an environment, um, especially our environment, to be one way inclined. We we embrace – your personality or um, the way you go about the game um, will embrace that and – uh, it'll make us better as a unit, I think, mm-hmm. and it has done. Like you talk about Zams and um, Ash and Stoney, and mm-hmm. they are their own little team within the team as well. But they've opened they've opened themselves up to the whole group as well. Like we spend so much more time together probably than we did two years ago as a whole team, and um, get along so <laughs> really really well. I know a lot of people have spoken about it, but it, it, it's real. Yeah, so it's a real <coughs> thing. Yeah, and I mean. 
has your character changed over time as well? Yeah, that, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, I'm much more approachable than what I was five years ago, two years ago, yeah, one year yeah. ago. Yeah, absolutely. What what, did, what were you like then? Do you think? I'm like, uh, well, I've, people that have played with me, like I'm probably around the dressing room and that I'm a little bit of the the voice in the room, like a bit yeah. of the fun. I, you know, I take the Mickey out a lot, sledge teammates a lot, like all in. I, I take I take the Mickey most of the time that I'm off the ground, which is a complete personality shift and what people see me play cricket. It's just I'm pretty stern faced and you're pretty look, chirpy on the field too. Yeah, I'm chirpy, but <laughs> not in the way that I not in the you know in the fun joking around way that I am in the dressing room, obviously. But um, yeah, I probably just chilled out heaps more, being more approachable. I'm sure younger players feel like they can speak to me a little a, a lot easier than maybe what I did and a lot of it's you know when you're a younger player a lot of your own insecurities about your own game mm. um, you're trying to work through those so that can you know that can you can get in the grind a little bit and then that takes over your personality away from the game I think yeah the last well obviously since I had winter the last six years um, having a family outside of the game has been able to give me a real clear work and that's me away I've got it's almost like you've got you know, two personalities a little bit. Um, whereas I think when I was a younger player, Matthew Wade at cricket was how I was in my... That was just life for me, you know. Cricket was life for me and it's not now. And for some reason it's just made me maybe a little bit more open and more relaxed. Yeah, that's really interesting. And has um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, I don't know whether this kind of ties in, but you've played a lot of cricket overseas in the last 12 months mm. in particular and away from from the Aussie team playing in an IPL final, um, you know, playing in the 100 as well. Yeah. Um, have you learnt things on, on that front, um, you know, whether it's the stuff you're talking about here or, or with your game on the field too? Yeah, I've learnt I've heaps over the last 12 months. It's yeah, something I haven't done for a long time, but more just knowing yourself, I think. You have a lot of time. Um, IPL, you had lots of time by yourself in hotels. It was an eight-week lockdown, so you have to be... You have to be really confident in your ability at cricket, but you also have to have, you know, a great understanding of who you are as a person a little bit. Otherwise, it can swallow you up quite quickly in those environments. And England was um, completely different. I had the family over there, so um, it was very much more like home, so a lot easier to deal with. But the COVID environments have taught us all so much over the last, you know, two years. But that's probably the one thing you have to be... If you wanted to play cricket through that period, you have to be pretty comfortable with your self other because you're spending a lot of the time we're spending 14 days by ourselves in yeah. in one room so if you're not uh, if you're not confident in the person you are it can kind of swallow you up pretty quickly so i found that in ipl was hard work but um yeah something i've learned over the last two years and, and i imagine having your family over there in england was um you know really helpful in that regard i found one of the things um just reading about your time in the hundred um interesting about that your daughter was collecting yeah um, yeah hundred cards can, yeah can you tell me about that yeah, Madness. Um, Winter has had no interest in cricket really at all. Um, she comes to the Hurricanes games and like likes the fireworks and all that kind of thing. But she got right into the hundred ball. Started collecting all the cards. I was ordering cards in for her, and she was asking open one pack a day, and then went to five packs a day <laughs> to ten packs a day. So she was just opening packs here, there, and everywhere. But yeah, something I found really cool. Um, asked me to take a few cards to the ground and sign. She came. Um, and we went and caught up with the Birmingham girls and got all their cards signed. So, um, yeah, something – the 100 is just that perfect time for kids. It was at like 6.30 game, so they could come. takes way less time. So kind of just everything 
rolled in and she got right into it, which was very fun. I was sending Stoin messages. She was, she was getting um, Stoinus cards and she was pretty happy with that. So um, Richo, Richo turned into a favourite with one of my youngest daughter. So, yeah, it's, it's very cool to be able to go and take your family on tour. Uh, my fa- a lot of the families will be around for the World Cup as well and to be able to get them around the boys and they kind of get a taste of our environment is, is very cool. And what you're talking about there is kind of the sweet spot for what the Big Bash, you know, has been in the past and, what you know, what they say they, they kind of want to be as well. Are there things that you saw over there that, um, you know, like this is this is prime, I reckon CA's marketing department would probably want to yeah, interview yeah. that because this is, that's exactly the, the sweet spot thereafter. Did you learn things that, you know, maybe the, the Big Bash could do as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, yeah, that's been, um, you know, the hallmark of the BBL for a long, long time has been as family friendly yeah i think the timings of something that we could certainly look at it's an easy yeah. fix just um earlier time slots i know it's hard sometimes with tv and that but yeah it can certainly make it easier for kids to to come watch for this world cup i just got a couple more for you um who's going to win player of the tournament jeez well i'm hoping one of our boys so uh if we go down the path of last year Probably Maxi, like Tim, uh, Davey went in under a heap of pressure last time, and there was a lot of outside noise. And then I'm pretty sure he won. Did he win player? Of the Dave Warner. Dave, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But you guys all thought that Adam Zampa should have won, right? Uh, or, or somebody. I, yeah, I didn't think yeah. about it too much to be honest. Yeah, Zamps had a hell of a tournament as well, but Maxi could definitely do it. He's obviously one of our bowlers as well. He's our, you know, between him and the other all rounders, a fifth bowler, and then we know what he can do with the bat. So. He's got both sides of the game covered. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Maxi won it. If you had to pick someone from a non-Australian team? That'll win it. Generally, the all-rounders. Like I played with Harddick. If if he bowls in the power play and then bats where he has been batting, he'll be a hard man to, to beat. Um, spinners as well, I suppose. Any spinner could be um, in the mix. Um Hopefully it's Zamps. That would be a better a better result for us. But yeah, I'd probably say one of the all rounders. Like hard to, it will be hard to to stop on both sides of the game as well. I'm going to ask for your final prediction. Who's going to play in the final? I know you're going to say Australia for one <laughs> of the teams. We do. Yeah. Who are you going to play? I don't know. To be honest, like there are so many good teams. Like I think South Africa's a real like a real smoky. I don't think people have spoken about them anywhere near as much as what they should have. They've got good young players, guys that have played franchise cricket. They were unlucky last year too. Unlucky like last year. Yeah. They only lost one game to us, I think. They've yeah. got like they've got a team that can certainly win it out here with their bowling attack as well. So I think they're probably going under the radar. Well, they won't now because everyone will start talking about it now. But they're um they're gonna be hard to beat. And then you know, we just played England. Like we've had our difficulties with England for a long time now, so we're gonna have to overcome them. Um but in the final I'd probably say yeah, Australia, England at the MCG would be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool we'd like that yeah yeah good note to end on thanks very much for your time Matt no worries at all thank you ACAST powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.